We've been in this series looking at desire. Um, uh, we're on week three of that series now. Um, if you haven't been with us, it's really kind of looking at this um, reality that our hearts are contested ground. As we seek to follow Jesus and be formed into his image, um, we're not on a level playing field. Our hearts are contested ground and there's all kinds of desires and things going on within us for good and for bad that can pull us in lots of different directions. And we've been looking through all these various things. Last week, um, I spoke on the desire for status. Um, who are we? What's our sense of self in the world? Where do we fit? Um, and and how, how does that play into following the way of Jesus? And um, this morning we're continuing on and we're looking at power. Power. Um, and with great power comes... Yes, very good, guys. Starting with a Spider-Man quote. I mean, come on. Uh, Spider-Man's the best superhero, by the way. If you think it's Superman, you're wrong. Spider-Man all the way. Um, so state um, power. We're talking about power. Um, if if uh, It's really a part two to status from last week. I'd really recommend if you weren't here, do go back, catch up on YouTube, Spotify, um, the talk from status last week, because power really is a part two to that. If, if status is our kind of inner world, what's going on inside us, our sense of self, where do we fit? Then power is how that status is then played out in the world, right? How do we use that sense of status and who we are in the world? That's kind of how I see what power is. So very much a part two. Um, and diving right in, here's a definition of power, which I think is really helpful. The ability to write or write to control people and events or to influence the way people act or think in important ways. The ability or right to control people and events or to influence the way people act or think in important ways. I think that word influence is really helpful in that definition. Influence. That's really what we're going to be thinking about this morning. What's our influence in the world? Because just diving right in, the first thing that I want to say, if it's about influence, then we all have power. We all have power. I don't know how you're feeling coming in today. Um, maybe that's news to you. You have power. You have influence where you are. There's, there's lots of different types of people in this room this morning, um, all the way from CEOs to students, nine till fivers to full-time parents, retired people, teenagers. There's all kinds of us in this room. And every single one of us has power in some way. Firstly, at a foundational level, right? We looked at this last week. Humanity exists to rule. Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. There's the status part that we talked about last week. This is who we are, made in God's image. So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, etc. At a foundational level, we are all given power because we're given the mandate to rule over creation, right? We are on the earth to steward the earth, to look after it and to help it grow and flourish into a place that supports life and flourishing. So humans are meant to be powerful, to hold influence over their surroundings. We've done work on that before. Whatever that looks like for you in your world, however that plays out in your job, or your home, or your family, and your friends, you are meant to have influence, power to shape and form the world around you into a place of flourishing life. Some of us, in really obvious ways, 
you know, if you're a CEO, it's pretty obvious what the power structure is, the power dynamic there, and the influence you can have. How you can shape the environment that God has put you in, or kind of take the raw materials, is the phrase that we've used before, the raw materials of the world around you, and reform them into something that produces flourishing. Not just CEOs, though. We've, we've talked about this before. If you're a barista, you are taking the raw material of a coffee bean and reshaping it, having influence in that space to create something that produces flourishing and life in the world. Students, parents, whatever it is, there is immense potential at the core of who we are as human beings. When the power that we hold is used and directed in the right way, the world flourishes and we flourish with it. And that is why where we are, we are where we are as a society in so many ways. The reason we have cities and homes and, you know, the reason we are where we are is because when power is used in the right way, the world flourishes. So there's immense potential at the heart of who we are. But there is also immense danger at the heart of who we are as human beings because, yes, power is meant for good, but power easily corrupts. Power easily corrupts. There's this quote, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Baron Acton, whoever he was a long time ago. (laughs) Absolute power corrupts absolutely. When you're given power without any restraint or any shape to it, it corrupts. And we see this in scripture as well, right? If you think back to almost anyone in um, scripture really, but uh, particularly through the Old Testament kings, you think of David, starts off so well, goes wrong. Solomon starts off pretty well, goes wrong. And on and on through the line of the kings and so many others, power corrupts in our world. Or Jesus, um, he uses this really uh, interesting phrase when he's talking about the Pharisees who are kind of the, um, the religious power at the time, the religious leaders, and he warns his disciples of, about the yeast of the Pharisees, right? Weird, the yeast of the Pharisees. Well, he, what he's saying there is um, there's a corrupting nature. Yeast is like at the heart of what makes bread, bread, right? And so there's this thing at the heart of the Pharisees that is going to corrupt, and if you're not careful, it'll sit at the heart of you and corrupt and go out from you. And so the yeast of the Pharisees is this power at the heart of who they are that has corrupted them to be kind of power hungry and grabbing and using their power for wrong in the world. Power corrupts. Or the prophet George Lucas in the book of Return of the Jedi <laughs> uh, Star Wars uh, really is exactly about this. It's about this. this war between good and evil, right, in in the most plain terms. It's about this struggle um, between light and dark. And within the character, just forgive me here, guys, I'm going to rant on about Star Wars for a little bit. Within the character of Darth Vader, right, everybody knows who Darth Vader is, right, surely, even if you haven't seen Star Wars. Um, uh, He is the epitome of this. He has this power, right, he's like the most powerful person to have ever lived. But how's he going to use that power? Well, he gets corrupted by his own power and he turns to the dark side and it all goes wrong from there. Um, Some of you are thinking, what a nerd this guy is. Um, There's even a quote where he's like, you don't know the power of the dark side, right? Power, power corrupts. And 
I say that kind of jokingly, but I do actually think George Lucas there is putting his finger on something, on the struggle within every human being, a lust for power or a power that corrupts, a desire for power. We're corrupted and we want more and more and more power. And we see this in the world. Power corrupts. It's often misused. To ground us back into reality, you know, we've talked about it already this morning. News stories, headlines, articles, the abuse of power is at the heart of so much of what is wrong in the world. And so we see how warped our cultural, our, our created mandate to rule, right? Rule over the world so that it will flourish. How warped that has become. Ruling and power that's supposed to enable flourishing now looks more like conquering to establish dominance in the world. And yes, we read about it out there, but I want to say this morning, it is also in here. It is also in here. This desire for power is a universal human experience. Once we've had a taste of influence in the world, and we've seen how we can, we can assert that influence and dominance over people, we want more. And we feel like we want to remake the world around us in our image, right? We looked at that last week. We want to remake the world how we want it to be. Whether we notice it or not, in every single one of us, the tendency is to wield power over people for our own gain or agenda rather than enabling their flourishing, right? And so what exactly might that attitude look like? Maybe there's stuff that's already coming to your mind in your life where the authority, the influence that you have in your life, what does, how, how you might end up using that for your own gain. What might that look like for you? It's not always some huge scandal, I want to say. It's not always some massive abuse of power. Um, I'm a big brother. I'm the eldest, I have a younger sister, um, and it's a little confession time for you here, guys. Um, I don't remember how old, I, I was probably like six or something like that, so my sister would have been four, and uh, we were driving, I remember exactly where we were, we were in the backseat of my parents' car, we were driving up Winchester Road, about to go on to the M3 somewhere, um, and my sister had this Mulan doll, right? She loved this Mulan doll, it was like her favourite toy, and we're in the back seats. And she dropped it on the floor. I'm the big brother. Influence and power in that situation. What do I do? Here's my sister's Mulan doll. Well, I, I'm older, so I reach down and I grab it. And I just throw it out the window. <laughs> Who knows why I did that? I, to this day, I do not know why I did that. Just threw it out the window. <laughs> and she was distraught. My parents, I don't think my parents stopped. I think we just carried on going. And so it was gone forever. And she lost her Milan doll. And so that's my confession to you all of me using my influence and power for bad in the world. Um, but I say that because uh, that's, that's a jokey example, but there are lots of ways where we use our influence and our power, not for the good of others, but to assert dominance or for whatever reason over people. It's, it's kind of like, well, I'll, just, I'll do things my way. Um, I, I think I know best here. I was... That was a completely irrational moment. I'll chuck it out of the window. But sometimes it's more calculated, right? 
I think I know best in this situation, so I'm going to assert my dominance. Here's what I want, and you're going to help me get it. How can I get what I want, regardless of who I have to flatten in the process? Maybe you've been there. I definitely have. And it's a cheery start, that, but it's, can you see how it's the complete opposite of the way of Jesus that we talked about last week? If you weren't here, um, here's the kind of shape of the way of Jesus that I spoke about, right? The way of Jesus implies there's a shape to life, a way of being in the world, right? And this is what it is. It starts high. Jesus, um, in very nature, God, that's his status, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage but he gave himself up, becoming nothing, becoming the nature of a servant, even to death. So stepping down, this is the shape, right? A stepping down, and then he was exalted. That's a very quick summary of last week's talk. Do go and listen if you missed it. But basically, can you see how this is the opposite of what I've just been describing, of power that asserts over people and flattens people and gets what we want regardless of who we're going to flatten, right? It's the opposite of the way of Jesus that goes low, and lifts people up to serve them. Jesus submits his authority by becoming a, a servant. He uses his power to serve others. And this seems completely foolish to the world, right? Because the world is operating in the dominance mode. So this seems crazy. Why would you die? And we get drawn into this, I think, especially in the church. Um, uh, here's some images that I saw this week. Um, this is a side-by-side of two things in the very same chapel in Seville, uh, in the Church of the Saviour, it's called. Um, and there's these two images in the very same building, quite close to each other, where you see the image of the suffering Christ and King Ferdinand III who's in charge of the Roman Empire or something, as a sword-wielding conqueror in the same chapel, right? The suffering Christ and the sword-wielding human king in the same chapel. We get sucked into this worldly picture of power. But which one's more powerful in that picture, really? Which one? Uh, the same guy who posted these uh, pictures um, on Twitter this week when I saw them, he said this, if we hope to return to the fidelity and vitality of the early church that turned the world upside down, we must come to realise that the sword of worldly power is nothing other than the satanic substitute for the cross of Christian discipleship. Strong words. Really strong words. This is the upside down world of the kingdom where true power comes in the form of self-sacrifice, of laying down power for the sake of others. And so in jobs or families or government or campuses, wherever we find ourselves, what would it look like if that's how we lived? If we were aware of where we have power and influence and rather than using it to assert our dominance and shape the world how we want it to be, we served others. 
rather than being served. Where we go low to lift others up. Where we pursue humility rather than dominance. And yes, there will be times when we need to be assertive. Please don't mishear me. I'm not suggesting this morning that we need to be, become these sort of meek little limp little Christians who are no good for anything, who have no kind of backbone or influence. But when we need to be assertive, is it clear where our heart is at when we make that assertion? You know, why, why are we being assertive in that moment? Is it because we want dominance? Or is it because we're motivated by love? We want the best for that person. We can see what the best is for that person or situation. And so we need to think very carefully before we throw our weight around. Is my heart in the right place here? So three questions that I think can guide us in this for us to reflect on uh, this morning and as we go out from here. I want you to take these with you. Keep reflecting on these things. Firstly, what power do I have? Like I said, all of us have power and influence. Are you aware of where it is? Do you, do you know where you have that influence? What power do I have in the places and spaces that God has called me to? And then secondly, how should I use that? Maybe how am I currently using that for good or for bad? But how should I be using that power? How can I use that power for good? to influence the world for good, to enable flourishing in the world and in the people around me. And then thirdly, um, and I don't want to just like drop something massively heavy uh, at this point in the talk, but I, I, I think I felt writing this that it was important to say, um, to give context to this third question. Um, I'm very aware that I am coming to this topic of power um, and as I think about it and prepare, I'm coming to this topic as a white, straight male. That's how I'm approaching this topic of power. And I am extremely aware this morning uh, that for all sorts of reasons, there are people approaching this topic of power um, from a position of historic oppression in a world where systemic inequality and societal powerlessness are a lived reality. And so I just want to say, I think the church has a role to play in that situation. To be a voice for the voiceless. To mourn with those who mourn. To stand against injustice. And to use whatever power we have to lift up the powerless. Amen? And so all of us have this responsibility. The call to be like Jesus in his going low and coming alongside the oppressed and the outcast, we all share that responsibility. And so that's what drives this third question for me. Who around me is expressing powerlessness? Maybe who even this morning in conversation is expressing powerlessness for whatever reason? And how can I come alongside them with whatever power I have? How can I come alongside them, stand with them in that powerlessness and work against injustice and lift them up? 
That's the third question. Take it home with you. Three questions. What power do I have? How should I use it? And who can I come alongside? I want you to take that away with you. And um, this is a bit of a weird moment in the talk because um, it's going to be a bit of a gear shift now because this is the talk that I prepared. I've laid it all out there for you. And then I just, I've had this nagging thought and feeling and there's, there's just something else which wouldn't go away in my mind coming to this topic of power. Um, and I've, I debated scrapping everything that I just said to talk about this thing because I feel like it needs to be said. Um, I feel like God might be wanting to do something in this area. And it's a little bit of a different angle. So just go with me with the gear shift if you're up for it. Um, I just couldn't get away from um, the fact that what we've been doing there is talking about earthly power, really, right? What power do we have? How do we use that power in the world around us? It's about our power. And I just, as I was thinking about this topic, even the last couple of days, I couldn't get away from the reality that there is a power greater than earthly power out there, right? A power greater than earthly power. The reality of the world of the Bible, which is the real world, by the way, it's not just some book, is greater than sometimes what our Western rational minds allow us to think. That's where my mind goes, right, about my power and how I'm using that in my life and all this stuff. It's all great stuff. Think about everything that I've said so far. But these verses would not leave my brain the last few days. Luke 24. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high clothed with power from on high. Acts 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Ephesians 3, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. I, I could not leave these verses the Holy Spirit is a, is a reality for us. Power that is greater than earthly power, than any influence we can have in the world. The reality is we're not left on our own in our endeavours to do everything that I've just been talking about and more, right? We are given the spirit of perfect, loving power. The very spirit of Jesus, this Jesus who we're talking about being formed into his image, the humble servant, Romans 6, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. How's that for power? Jackie Hill Perry, I read this week, um, she said at one point in her life she realised, I was praying casual prayers as if I needed casual power. Casual prayers as if I needed casual power. Guys, this morning, I really believe... We don't need or want casual power. It's not what I want. And so, really, this is the burning passion in me that I couldn't leave out, is, is for a raising of faith today in the power of God, the tangible power of God to flow out into our city. If we believe that we need mighty power 
to see our city renewed in Jesus' name, let's pray mighty prayers, amen? Power to be the people that we need to be in the places that God has put us, to be the parent that we need to be, or the colleague, or the friend, or the leader. Power to influence for good. Power to love and serve and witness and renew and be a force for change in our city and our world. Or power to see chains broken and people set free even today, this morning. Power to see miracles break out in our time. Healings. Today, if you've come here needing breakthrough in whatever way, healing, breakthrough in your life in whatever way, I believe, I have faith. I, can you, are you with me here? Do you feel this sense rising? You know? Do you want that power this morning? Today, it's available It's not just about what we do and our power worked out in the world. It's all good stuff. But the power of God is available today for you to see the kingdom of God break out into Southampton as it is in heaven. Breakthrough is possible for you today. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Receive power today.